Welcome to Flight Plans, the official podcast of the SAE Aero Design Series. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. I'm Mike Sorg, video and podcast producer for the SAE CDS Series. And today we're going to look forward to what's coming up in aero design in the 2022 season and uh, a, a new concept. And we saw a little preview of this um, if you were there uh, for the uh, aero design competition in 2021. But this is going to be spreading across the board here and you're going to learn about it uh, so you know what to expect about these changes. Uh, we're going to have a new roundless concept uh, coming up for the new season. And here to talk about that, first of all, back on the show, Lonnie Dong, the Rules Committee Chair. Uh, how you doing, Lonnie? Hello. Also, Ryan Reynolds is joining us, another Rules Committee member. Hi, hi. And uh, David Moraniti, also a Rules Committee member. He's hanging out just in case uh, there's any details we need to, uh, he needs to cover. Right, David? Pleasure to be here, as always. So let's get into this. What is the, the this roundless concept that we're looking at for the next season? Okay, the concept started back in, in 23 and 24 um, competition. Uh, just just give you guys a little history behind this uh, concept. We were looking at, at um, possible ways to look to, to increase number of flight hours, right? And one of the three things that we focus on, we're taking a look at you know, the feedback we receive. If students want to fly more. Every year we keep seeing students want to be able to fly more and want to be able to fly more. So if you take a look at the, the, the statistics of this thing, just, just give you a little math here. We have about 13 hours of flying for each competition site. That equates to about, I don't know, 700-ish, 780 hours, 770, 780 hours. Uh, I mean, minutes of flying, um, you know, comes out. If you divide that by 75 teams, I don't know what that comes out to. Roughly 10, 10, 10 minutes per team to fly. That's not a lot of time. So we start looking at uh, what can we do to give teams more time to fly, giving that time constraints. The constraints we have so we can e either increase the competition days or trying to figure out a way to be creative within the time time frame so um, the idea was thrown out there to say let's go roundless in 2014. not a lot of people were on board but we started collecting data and we started making small changes here and there and now uh, in 2020 2021 during the pandemic it allowed us to try it out on a small scale of what a roundless competition looks like and what that really means is we created a segment of time where each class gets a chance to fly when they want, anytime they want within that time slot. For example, if, uh, if we say we're going to open up the next 45 minutes for a micro class to fly, right? And a micro class can get up and fly, land, process out. And if they want to fly again, they get right back in line and fly again if it's within that 45 minute window. Why would they want to do this? You know, favor of flying conditions, or maybe they just want to be able to get in line and fly, fly again. They didn't have any damage to the aircraft. Now, we also saw advantage of, of this uh, um, concept as well. The fact that uh, students, may, uh, students may fly in the past, they got DQ'd or some, somehow became unsuccessful. They had to wait another round to fly, which in, in, the, in the old times, it may take another two, three hours before they get back into flight again. So this roundless competition they can come come down fix quickly get back in line and fly again so they can they don't have to sit as long to to fly their uh their aircraft 
that's the gist, the high level gist of it. What are the advantages on the student side, uh, you know, all around for this concept? Like, how do they need to change their thinking in order to approach this concept for competition? Uh, As an organizer, you know, one of the things that we really were focused on previously was chasing teams to get lined up for the next round and, and then establishing a cutoff. You know, you have five minutes to get in line. Okay, the line's shut. Okay, next group, line up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And we were really trying to give teams as many opportunities to fly as possible. So we were chasing teams to line up as much as we could. And that was a, just a different dynamic to try and increase the amount of flying available to teams, which is part of the feedback we had received. We won't have to do that anymore <laughs> under this new concept. Uh, so the teams will not have to wait for the next round to be able to fly again, as, as Lonnie was just mentioning. There, there's no downtime there. If you're ready to fly, you can line up and, and just uh, queue up and fly. It uh, gives teams the ability to react to weather. Uh, you fly when you want to and when you're ready. And, and there's no penalty you know, on the converse associated with taking a break. If, if you are re- repairing your vehicle, you're not going to miss a flight round and get uh, an availability um, penalty associated with not flying for a round. You'll, you'll be able to get repairs done, make improvements, and then fly again when you're ready or wait out some strong winds, take your chances there. And so there's some strategy that comes in in terms of when you want to fly over the, the day and a half of the competition. And that, that's kind of an interesting new wrinkle. Uh, on the other side, and, and why rounds were something that we favored previously, you know, this will mean that teams will not all fly the same amount, will not all get necessarily the same amount of uh, chances. Some teams might post three good s- scores and then say, hey, we're good. We don't need to fly anymore. We've got, we've got our three highest scores. We can't improve on that. While other teams are maybe flying five, six, seven, eight times, there is some potential uh, friction between changing classes. Uh, and so if we're going from advanced to micro to regular, uh, that's one of the things we really tried to adjust with the rule sets so that we could have different classes all lined up together. Uh, so that's a, that's a potential con that we're trying to work through. Uh, there's also a, a sequence of returns risk, to use a financial term. If you happen to have to deal with a crash early on, and then by the time you've made repairs, uh, the weather has changed. There's just uh, an element of risk, and that's kind of part of the strategy that you might be flying under different conditions than somebody else because you chose to fly at a different time than they did. And there, there's also the possibility here of, of downtime. If no teams line up, <laughs> then we'll just be all sitting around waiting uh, with this uh, roundless concept. And, and we don't want that. We don't think that's likely to happen, but that, that is theoretically possible. But on balance between those pros and cons, we're excited that the, the pros outweigh the cons and that this move will give teams a little bit more freedom uh, to adjust to the competition during the weekend uh, and achieve the best results that they can. There's a couple good benefits from the team side, too, that I like to highlight. One is it's going to benefit teams that are really prepared on the turnaround, how well they can get their plane you know, batteries recharged, payloads in, you know, reinstalled, you know, center of gravity located and get back in line. So the teams that really have that down pat are going to benefit a lot from this. But also, let's say you 
you know, forget to tape down the lid of your aircraft. You take off and it falls off on the runway or something. Normally, as Lonnie pointed out, you'd have to wait, you know, two hours to get your chance. Now, depending on the line, you might be able to come in, land, change the battery out, put the lid back on with tape, you know, properly secured, and then be ready to go again without having to, you know, like I said, wait around, take the airplane back to your table and have that sit in. You can be back in line, ready to go to get your flight attempt in. So I think there's some benefit to that. Obviously, we're going to have a little more surging, you know, the good hours than previously. But I think that could be a, a good thing because everybody's in line. Everybody's paying attention. We're watching the flights um, and we're all ready to go with our airplanes rather than, again, you don't hear the call, hey, five minutes till advanced class, get in line, get in line. Everyone's scrambling to rush to get their airplane ready and get in line. You put yourself in line when you're ready. You get to the front, you fly, and you can repeat that process. So this was a concept that there was a partial kind of application of this in the in the, this past year's aero design competition. You know, obviously kind of an auto year because of, you know, all the COVID and everything and, 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 and attendance. Uh, is there anything that you learned from that first go of this that that's going to be applying as we uh, roll this out across the board for, for 2022? One, one of the things I, I know I learned in the past from the organizer's perspective, we're always in this mode of everybody get in line. We must see everybody lined up. We must have people in line all the time so that we can maximize the hundred well, the 780 minutes of flying time we have. Uh, for the event. I think uh, with the trial period that we trialed this year, one of the things I saw and the things I learned is that I think we're going to be, we have to be okay with not having anybody in line because some teams choose not to fly um, because the condition is not right. So that, that is, that is a, a drastic change from, a, from an organizer's perspective and, and from the competition event, how we run the event. And hopefully this will take some pressure off of uh, the, the students as well as us don't have us yelling at them trying to get in line hurry and and becomes a safety concern too if we, if we continue to rush the teams to get in line get ready to fly so that's one of the good things that i've learned from the event um there are some drawbacks that i see um uh, which is what uh, i think Red, uh, ryan and, and david all kind of alluded to but i'll say it directly it, it is the the preparation for the event from a strategy perspective you know, in the, in the past, you may buy two sets of batteries because it takes a couple hours to, to for the next round. You have time to charge. Uh, with this particular concept, you may want to fly. You may get to fly three or four times in the first hour of the competition, and you you got to be prepared. You have to get your equipment ready, your batteries ready, all your repair techniques all has to be in alignment. Um, really got to be focused on the efficiency of the team and trying to prepare the airplane for flight. So I think it's a different focus a little bit to having the team preparing for flight as, in the favor of condition they have. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how, what the teams do from a strategy perspective or how they want to take advantage of this. This is a strategy changer, I believe, for a lot of teams. Uh, they don't have to, they can't rely on um, sitting back and waiting for rounds anymore. You know, you mentioned kind of like, you know, the volunteers and, and, and as part of this, too. Is there any advantage? Is this is this kind of help on the volunteer side to make things a little uh, uh, smoother that to concentrate on other parts of the competition? I think the the from the judges table to the way station area, I think it, it went as as expected from from the inflow of teams coming in. 
where we saw challenges were out on the flight line um, as they're prepared for different aircrafts coming in to fly, different uh, requirements. I think that that from the organizer perspective, that would be a challenge. That would be some an area we need we may need to uh, uh, put a little bit more attention on and how to meet how we streamline that. I would say that it was an excellent opportunity with a smaller event this past year to to trial this roundless competition idea. And for the 30 odd teams that we had uh, in June in Florida, it worked pretty well and we learned a lot. Where we're very interested to see, as Lonnie was kind of hinting at, is when we ramp back up to a, a, a full competition in terms of the number of teams competing, um, does this concept still work the way we think it will? And, and we're about to find that out, but we, we think that the experience of this past year helped us a lot and, and is pushing us to be able to execute in this way and and deal with some of the potential challenges and, and mitigate those risks to be able to, to set up a, an engaging and exciting competition. Just want to throw out some, some numbers that I was, as I was listening and talking here. Um, on uh, you know, we have seventy five teams um, competing, and uh, the roundless competition for our new members, our new competitors, new teams coming in to compete this year. This is something you guys are going to have to experience for the first time, and don't know anything else. So uh, you you will go along with the flow uh, for the teams that have um, participated in the past. Uh, this is a dramatic change from how you did in, things in the past. So. Um, I, I would encourage you to study uh, the the concept here and see how you can leverage some of the benefits it can provide and some of the, um, you know, you guys can work on your strategy on how you can best leverage what this opportunity will give you. So you already mentioned a couple of tips in there, like maybe uh, purchasing more batteries to be ready to go and kind of like the thinking about getting back in the line uh, during the course of, a, of, a, of a, uh, you know, of, of your time there. Um, versus waiting out. Are there any other additional tips that you see that that, that could help people prepare for this? Uh, besides batteries, I, I, just keep in mind um, the, the inspection. We only we, we will only inspect two aircrafts um, at a time. Uh, you will have two active or flyable aircraft for the competition. You could bring more, but we're only expect inspecting two. If you want to fly the third one, i.e., getting trying to get ready, that the third aircraft will need to be reinspected. Uh, or inspected for the first time if you decided like the first two crash just keep in mind from you know all the folks out there who are trying to think through the the rules and, and you know they can have they, they, they may be thinking they can print one bring five aircrafts and get be ready to um, get in line five times uh, that's not going to be allowed it's just going you're going to have two aircraft that's flyable but only one aircraft in line at a time yeah i would also say that we, we see teams over the years that have gotten better about being prepared to fly when they get to the front of the line. And that's always in one of the, the real challenging parts of this competition is suddenly everything's got to work right and you've got to go fly now. What, what this roundless concept will enable is, or require, maybe would be a better way to say it, is teams to then recycle their airplane and be able to get back in line. So all of the things that come after flying probably also need to be rehearsed. And if you haven't tried to prep your vehicle to fly again immediately after landing and done those kinds of things where, okay, what do we need to do? What steps are required? 
who's got responsibility for what on the team so that we can get the airplane back in line and fly again if, if that's the strategy that we're employing. I think rehearsing that kind of thing would be very wise to kind of figure out your pit crew and, and how you are able to turn the vehicle, go back to way station and get back in line with all the payloads and batteries and everything sorted out. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it also gives us the opportunity, and we've been talking about this, of you know, how do we do multiple way stations or something on the back end to really allow for the throughput, a higher throughput of airplanes and aircraft. And if you look at how we've been doing the rules in the past couple of years, uh, and now for advanced class this year, you can see that we've been paying attention to all the aspects of the process to make sure that you know the weighing is fast, the getting to the flight line is fast, taking off, doing your mission and landing. And so we've been trying to put a lot of effort on our side to pay attention to how long each segment takes, is expected to take, might take, right? And so we're trying to balance all these things to, again, enable really good throughput for all these aircraft of the competition to make sure the students are, are fixing their minds on aircraft, mission, and turnaround and having that flow very nicely without stumbling. Excellent. So looking forward to see this new format and see how it pans out here for uh, the new air design season. I- I'm excited to see how this, go- how this goes, see how the, uh, the students adapt to something like this. So are we. Uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Um, I know uh, um, this is long coming uh, to, to, to see, to implement. We tried it this past year. Um, now we're going to try to scale it and um, trying to mitigate all the, like Ryan said, we, we saw some of the goods. We saw some of the bads. Let's, we're going to mitigate some of the issue areas we, can, we, we uh, can improve upon, and then uh, we'll go from there. And hopefully the students get uh, a good experience coming out of this. And, you know, one of the things... We, I, would, I also want to say um, at the end of competition, we do uh, we do send off surveys to get feedback on how we did, uh, what can we do, what we need to stop doing, and you know, uh, what what could we is this the best we can do from 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 hosting an event? And uh, just want to let the, the everybody know that we we do take those survey seriously. We take those feedback seriously. It may take us a while to make adjustments because we, there's other factors to consider. But this is a uh, part of the adjustments um, to the feedback we received a couple of years ago and see how we can try to improve the throughput, the flying experience and the learning experience for the students. Excellent. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, Lonnie, uh, Ryan, David, uh, for for being here and going through this concept. Uh, again, uh, everybody, please stay tuned to the news feed. Stay tuned. Make sure you have, if you haven't yet, download the Aero Design app on your smartphone so you get all of the important notifications and links to this very podcast as uh, more information uh, comes out here and uh, any past episodes that can help out uh, for tips and tricks for you going into uh, your competition season. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Until next time, please stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. The show notes for this episode and all others can be found at aerodesign.fireside.fm. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode.